Hi everybody and welcome once again to another Beef and Lamb New Zealand Seen and Heard podcast. This is a break feed, one of our short ones. Um, the series I'm doing down here at uh, the Ladies Long Lunch in Gore and I'm joined by Rowena Duncan. We're going to talk a bit about what she does but the most important and interesting thing you've done Rowena is your number two in the World Gumboot Throwing Championships and... Is it true you were the 2018 New Zealand Women's Cowpat Toss champ? It is indeed. That's something I'm extremely proud of. So the Cowpat Toss, we'll start with that. That was at the Hilux New Zealand Rural Games in Palmerston North. And it was a competition between myself and my boss, Jamie Mackay, who hosts the country, the radio show that I'm the producer for. And he was commentating at the Cowpat Toss. So I decided I was going to go along. And because I'm quite a lot more naturally athletic than him, I'm going to claim and own that. I just picked one up. That's a low bar, though. (laughs) He's not here to defend himself. I just picked up a cow pat and threw it further than he did. So then uh, the competition was on. He threw one further. And actually one of the Whitelock boys, George Whitelock, uh, brother of Sam... And Luke, he was on, that was his station, the cowpats were from uh-huh. his family farm. He helped me choose a nice, round, symmetrical one with a bit of density, yes. and that was the one. I threw it, and actually no one beat me uh, in terms of the women's competition. So that is my claim to fame. And then the gumboot thing was pretty similar. Uh, Jamie and I had had a competition at the gumboots that year. I ended up throwing in the New Zealand champs and coming fifth. But this year, the world champs were being held in New Zealand. The top three from the New Zealand champs would qualify, and Jamie was like right you're going to do this you're going to get in the top three so he told me to picture our other workmate lashes sam casey and i throw it for all i was worth i did i came third in new zealand and then just went one better at or two better actually at the world champs was beaten by a girl from finland who's a five-time world champ <laughs> so i'm not i wasn't going to get into too much detail i mean with gumboots is a bit of um, obviously you'll end up with the same size and type of gumboot but yes the There's a pad. lot of technique involved, though. Yeah, but in the cow pad, you know, selection of the cow pad must play a large part in the oh, role. Oh, absolutely. So. If they're too light, they can just disintegrate. Yep. There okay. you go. Well, Typically uninitiated. <laughs> so that wasn't actually, I think, what Olivia Ross, our extension manager down here, wanted us to talk about. <laughs> but um, when I was doing my wee bit of research, that's what I came up with. So, look, uh, Rowena, you've just spoken to about 180 women in, in the um, venue in here. How about, can you give me a quick synopsis, just tell us what you told them, before we get into the media stuff, your background, how you ended up where you are and the job you are and the the role you've got now? Yeah, so I uh, always loved farming, but I didn't really know how to get into it. I'm not from a farming family, my parents are both primary school teachers, but luckily for me I always had an affinity for the land. I had cousins who farmed, they taught me to milk and how to spray cows and things Mm -hmm. like that. Fell in love with a dairy farmer who enabled me to live out my dream and we went dairy farming first in Ireland then in Wales, then home here in Taranaki. And it was just an amazing experience. I loved every minute of it. Uh, We were fortunate enough to be the 2013 uh, Taranaki Farm Managers of the Year, which is a really good confidence boost. And that really got me involved in the industry in a a broader sense. It helped me to start creating a network and, uh, you know, opportunities flowed on from there. But you, and I mean, you were talking there about as a kid, you were leaving the dairy farm and upset. Oh, absolutely. Every time I went to visit my cousins on their dairy farm, both in Cambridge, then at Rurifakaitu, then down in Marawea in the South Island, every time I left, I just sobbed. I wanted to be on the farm. Mm. I wanted to go work for them. I didn't want to be a journalist anymore, so... But with that passion and that, you didn't end up actually doing agricultural at university? No, by that stage I kind of, well I tossed up what to do at university Mm. and I figured being a journalist, like I am quite a natural, uh, I guess, 
newsy kind of person. Mm. Like, I happen to be where there are major emergencies. Mm. I'm, like, attracted to flashing lights. Uh, so I went down the journalism path. I tried to change to a DPAG at university, and they just said, look, we don't think you're suited for this. Uh, so that was a bit of a blow. Uh, so I went down that journalism path and then yeah, just decided, no, I do I do want to do agriculture. So what's the uh, saying you're not suited? I mean, at the moment we're busy trying to encourage more and more people in of all backgrounds. It shouldn't be you had to be born and raised. Is it too much to ask why they said you weren't suited? Yeah, I'm not too sure. Like, I mean, this was 2006, mm. so it was quite a long time ago, and I don't think there was as much of a push then to get people into the primary industries as now. Maybe I just struck someone on a, a grumpy <laughs> day. Maybe I didn't plead my case very well. Uh, I wasn't overly good at sticking up for myself back then. I probably just went and said, hey, I like milking cows. Can I do your course? Mm. <laughs> but the irony is now you work for the country and basically... I feel whack of your job is dealing with rural news and yeah absolutely so I'm just so lucky that my two passions actually mm. in the end managed to come together but it's been a very long path to get to this point well, so what, we are going to get into the media but this is just setting the scene so how did you end up in the current job with just serendipity or yeah well pretty much uh, so I when I stopped farming because my partner and I split up and again I was at that kind of point where I didn't know how to uh, get involved in agriculture on my own uh, I went back to media I was a promotions mm-hmm. manager for NZME in Taranaki and I just hated it I only lasted mm. seven months it was, so was wonderful no oh. oh kind of it was more yeah creating promotions mm-hmm. and working and and a lot of what I actually do now as a producer organizing and making sure everything's you know mm. working perfectly so I loved that side of it but my office looked out into a brick wall you know mm. my, my office for five years before that had been a farm you know with beautiful hills and mountains and I really really struggled with that transition back to urban life and so uh, an opportunity came up with livestock improvement as a farm solutions manager in the Harwater area uh-huh. I looked after 160 farmers there loved it loved being out on farm mm. loved helping people loved analysing their herds I'm a, I'm a geek mm. yeah. <laughs> deep down underneath it all uh, but when they restructured an opportunity arose with the country with NZME, uh, first as a business development manager in the Waikato, which I did for 18 months, and then down here in Dunedin mm. in my current role. So I'm just really lucky that the opportunities opened up when they did. Yep. So one other thing, and you touched on a wee bit in your talk, and it's certainly a lot of rural people, farming people at the moment are talking about how we tell our story, for want of a better word, and I don't think it's so much about trying to change people's minds, but giving them a better understanding of what we do. So let's pick on that with your experience on both sides of the things. For rural audiences, for farmers, what is it? Are the things we don't understand about the media as an entity in terms of what they're after, what they need, and, and why do farmers feel put upon a wee bit, I guess, by media? I think for a lot of the mainstream media, and I don't class us in this because mm-hmm. we have our own agenda. Yep. We want to do what's right by the farmer yep. and showcase that positivity. But the other media, they go for something that's going to have legs. So mm-hmm. if it's slightly controversial, it's mana to them. Yep. It's absolute mana from heaven because they can see the potential for this to carry on and take mm-hmm. different angles. And I think so often we give it to them. Yep. You know, when you look at you know how the live exports have been in the spotlight in the past, because people have not been following best practice. Mm. You know, everyone's a journalist nowadays. Everyone's got a camera at the end of their fingertips. Mm. If they can showcase any of that bad uh, practice, then there's a story there. And yes, it's something the industry needs to address. We need to be doing better, but we are. People are Mm -hmm. definitely addressing that. But it just goes to show how something so innocuous that in the past maybe we wouldn't have realised is an issue can be construed when Mm. it's seen just 
in its you know on its own mm-hmm. um, and not as part of a broader picture so I think as farmers not only do we have the you know we've got to do better we've got to present a good front but we also have to be aware how things can be construed yeah. from people who just aren't educated can you turn that around that same energy for a story that it'll have legs is that can that be used as a, you know, a force for good? Absolutely. We've seen this recently with a beautiful piece that actually RNZ did, one of our oppositions, uh, with the Fonterra tanker, the the biggest fan of the mm-hmm. tankers, up in the Waikato. And that was just the most heartwarming mm-hmm. story. It brought tears yeah. to my eyes. I'm sure it brought tears Maybe to many well. people's eyes. And, you know, when we see these good stories, they really do have legs. They, they grip at the heartstrings. They show a side to the industry that is there. Mm-hmm. But because people don't realise that it's a story, they just think it's something normal that's what we don't see and that's what I'm trying to you know implore to people what you do is remarkable Mm -hmm. you know you've just got to try and find that angle and they're the stories that I want to showcase well Radio New Zealand aren't our competitors at Beef and Lamb so we may put a link in the blurb to that story if you haven't seen it about the they changed the 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 tanker delivery timing didn't they for the young fella absolutely it was amazing so um that's how, that's I guess a better understanding. In a nutshell, we're only a short podcast of what the media's after, what they can do. So, what could uh, your average farmer or rural person do? How can they, I guess, manage that? What should we do better to, to, um, deal with that tell a story engage people yeah I think one of the first things to do is make sure you have a presence on Mm -hmm. social media join Twitter there's a fantastic agricultural community on Twitter Mm -hmm. I joined at a dairy industry awards conference maybe two and a half years Mm -hmm. ago Uh, it takes a while to get in the flow of things but just join and follow a few key people in the industry Uh, that'll you know broaden your networks you'll find other people to follow Mm -hmm. just see the kinds of things that they're putting on there and follow their lead Mm -hmm. just make sure what you're putting on there is positive Uh, that's just one of the key things so that it can't be as I say misrepresented uh, misconstrued but just start to get a feel for for some of those positive stories start looking at your own business and what you do from a Mm. different perspective and think hey look how would this be presented in the media and I think once you've got that awareness you actually will have a better understanding of Mm -hmm. of how stories come about and then you might be able to you know say hey look I think this is a good story Mm -hmm. and start telling your own story out there as well don't try and run before you can walk though so you're obviously on Twitter Yes, I am. Uh, Rowie underscore NZ. Rowie underscore NZ. So you'd be a good person to start with, follow you? Oh, <laughs> not trolling for people, but absolutely give <laughs> yeah. me a follow. <laughs> All right. um, well, look, getting the specifics with Twitter, um, you mainly use it via a smartphone. If people haven't been on board? Yeah, yeah absolutely. The app is, is really good. Uh, it does take a while to get used to it. And especially if you've got multiple accounts, like uh, we saw last week, one of my colleagues managed to put a tweet under his business instead yeah. of his personal one. It was actually ended up trolling his radio audience because he was posting about the Crusaders, his radio show is based in Southend, yep. which is Highlanders country. <laughs> that could have gone very wrong, but everyone knows him for the bumbling person that he is. But just, yeah, just don't try and uh, try and force it. Just wait and see, and you'll get yep. a feel for it. You can use it on your desktop as well. And we know that farmers, you know, you run your businesses at the end of your fingertips on your phone mm-hmm. now. I think we're a lot more savvy than when I first started farming. Smartphones weren't a thing, so yep. <laughs> it's interesting how it's changed. I think good pictures, you know, watching Twitter, good pictures tell a thousand. Absolutely. Yeah, There's a fun. brilliant campaign out there in Southland at the moment, uh, Make a Better Picture or Paint a Better mm. Picture, uh, showcasing good wintering projects. Yep. And these things really have legs. That um, Fonterra's hashtag 4.31am, that mm-hmm. went really well on social media. And I think, you know, just, just showing the beautiful photos mm. from your farms, because we do work in the best offices. Me, not so much. Now I get stuck in a radio studio. But when I was farming, my social media feed was just beautiful cows, 
beautiful scenery, yeah. beautiful weather, interesting weather, and you know, interesting things from the farm that maybe people who aren't in that industry won't have seen before. And you might, hey, you might in turn, you know, inspire someone to become involved uh-huh. in agriculture. Yeah, there is a lot of that out there. I think in my industry, guys like Will Morrison got thousands yep. and thousands of followers, and basically he's like riding on his quad bike with him every day, taking taking photos with a helmet on, of course. <laughs> yes. um, do you think it's making an impact though? Absolutely. Absolutely. A positive impact? Very much so. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it can be used uh, for negativity, but I think the positivity is overwhelmingly mm. out there. And the thing with Twitter is if you don't like what people are uh, posting, you can unfollow mm. them, you can block them. You've actually got the opportunity. But I think also with Twitter, you can engage with people with a different viewpoint. Yep. And that's really important because, you know, how else are we going to have these conversations Mm. with people who don't come from the agriculture industry? But, no, I do think the positivity out there is is overwhelming and it really is a unique perspective to be able to show someone into your world. So, yeah, it's working. We just need more farmers on there. Absolutely. um, Get amongst it. Download the app, sign up, follow... Uh, Rowena and follow her followers and all that sort of thing as you as you do. Um, so just Twitter. What other social media would you or, or media that are in is you know people can use to do this good work? Well, there's also Instagram, which I think it's it's just a bit harder to connect mm. with people. You're not having those ongoing interactions. But again, there's nothing to stop you putting beautiful photos of your farm up yep. on there because you know that it's quite pleasant to see at the end of the day. Uh, Facebook as well, but not so much. I think Twitter for me has been the best way to connect mm-hmm. with farmers from all over the world as well. You can also quite often get directly to the source. It's not uncommon to see CEOs of, of mm. big companies replying directly to people. Yep. You get to skip the middleman and just have that brief interaction as long as you're not a bit of a pest (laughs) you'll be doing well so why not facebook is it just because of the length, the way it operates, and Twitter being short and sharp, microblogging? I think for me, uh, Twitter is something I've come to recently, whereas Facebook I joined back in 2008, so there's still mm. quite a few of like primary school friends <laughs> and, and yeah. things like that. You don't always get around to, to doing a cow, but again, the engagement that I've seen mm. on Twitter is a lot broader. And Facebook, quite often, you're restricted to what you see on your news feed. And on Twitter, again, it's your news feed, but it's, it's those connections that you make within the agriculture industry that, you know, send things off on different tangents and you can have multiple threads yep. again things can go in different ways you can see different points of view and I think that's really important so you understand not only you know what people are thinking but where they're coming from as well mm-hmm. and I note the Instagram app if you use that for your photos you can post directly onto Twitter and Facebook at the same time as well yeah so. it doesn't always work so well though oh, okay. because the the this is a bit of a tip. Uh, the shape of the photos on Instagram and Twitter are differently, and quite often yeah. on on Twitter it just comes up with a link. Uh, so make sure you just go on and edit your your photo settings. Just treat every social media stream as different. All right, all right. Look, that's probably not a bad point because a um, the queue of lunch has been fairly long, and there might not be much <laughs> left because we haven't had ours yet, and it's around about fifteen minutes, which we try to have for these short ones. So look, um, here's your chance to wrap up, and you're a professional in the media, so this will be easy. Uh, the elevator pitch. You're in an elevator with two or three. Minutes for the person going or two or three floors not that longer what you just told us all about getting engaged with the media how would you wrap it all up basically what I'd say is don't treat the media as your enemy you have the opportunity to influence here and influence positively so start to get a feel for what it means and how it all works and then use it to tell your own story and share your opinions as well don't discount them don't overthink things just get amongst it embrace it because this really is the future and the way that we can talk directly to the consumer brilliant so in the blurb on this podcast We'll probably put a link to Rowena's Twitter uh, account. I think we can do that. But in the meantime, Rowena Dungan from the country, thank you very much. Thank you very much.